I have another story. We were sitting in our mudroom uh, in our house in Vermont, and that's where you have like all your coats and shoes and everything, uh, dead of winter, and it was a fucking mess. And <laughs> my dad sat us down. He like pulled out like four bins, and he was like, okay, like let's look at all this stuff here, and I want you guys to like draw pictures of your favorite items in this room. And so it would be like, one picture for hats, one picture for scarves, one for mittens. And so my brother and I had a wonderful time, you know, coloring in our notebooks, drawing these pictures. We like posted them on the bins and he was like, okay, now what, what do we think should go in these? Like, and then we, he basically had us like Marie Kondo, the entire mudroom and like store all this stuff into bins and like showed us how to like be organized humans. Little did we know we were doing the work for him and my mom. <laughs> Welcome to the Culture Gooder Podcast with Stephen Leese and Sean Tinney. This podcast is a behind-the-shades look at creating and changing culture inside of Gooder Sunglasses. You can live with the status quo, you can challenge the status quo, or you can do what we do at Gooder and status the quo challenge. We have a very special guest with us today, my good friend, colleague, and Taylor Swift aficionado, Hannah Williams. Hannah, how are we doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Hannah is actually my assistant. She's also known as the Octopus Wrangler. So before we talk about her role in detail, Hannah, why don't you give us a story that of you growing up that led to the person you are today? Yeah. Um, so I grew up with my family in a small town in the state of Vermont. Uh, it was 6,000-ish people. So it was a really small town. Uh, we grew up basically playing in like three acres of land in my backyard, uh, going to the frog pond nearby, catching frogs, doing all that fun stuff, and spending a lot of time with my mom, my dad, and my brother, and basically just like dreaming about all the vacations we wanted to take. And my dad would sit us down every single summer and we would like plan a list of places <laughs> we wanted to go and things we wanted to do and uh, create lists of how we were going to get to those places and the next actions to get us there. How many... How many, did you do that every single year? Every single summer, we would take like note cards, like post-it notes or whatever. My brother and I would just dream up what we wanted to do that summer. So I'd say like, hey, I want to go to Disney World with my best friend. We'd put it like on a board in our basement. And then my dad would be like, okay, what's the one next action you need to do to make this trip happen? And I'd be like, oh, I should probably call Anna and invite her. Uh, <laughs> and we would start doing that and going down that path and... Little did I know my dad was uh, brainwashing me. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> what was the first trip that you remember? Um, let's see. I remember putting on the board, I want to go visit uh, Green Pond, which is where my great uncle lived. And it was this pond in upstate New York um, and take my best friend Anna there because she had never been. And we would go every summer uh, yeah. as a family. That's amazing. I mean, I always joke that Hannah's born into productivity royalty because her dad's Mike Williams, who wrote Doing to Done, uh, no, you know, comes from a GTD background. And so the fact that he was just doing these little like experiments and projects to get you to plan and think for the future is fucking incredible. Yeah. And I have plenty more stories like that. I have another story. We were sitting in our mudroom. Uh, in our house in Vermont, and that's where you have like all your coats and shoes and everything, uh, dead of winter, and it was a fucking mess. And <laughs> my dad sat us down. He like pulled out like four bins, and he was like, "Okay, like let's look at all this stuff here, and I want you guys to like draw pictures of your favorite items 
in this room. And so it would be like one picture for hats, one picture for scarves, one for mittens. And so my brother and I had a wonderful time, you know, coloring in our notebooks, drawing these pictures. We like posted them on the bins and he was like, okay, now what, what do we think should go in these? Like, and then we, he basically had us like Marie Kondo the entire mud room and like store all the stuff into bins and like showed us how to like be organized humans. Uh, little did we know we were doing the work for him and my mom. <laughs> That's incredible. At what point did you realize that this was all just like a, an elaborate way to teach you how to do projects? Um, probably in like seventh or eighth grade when he had me read getting things done by David Allen yeah as a seventh grader and I was like why would I read this and he was like well I'll pay you a hundred dollars because I'm going to be writing a follow-up book to this <laughs> and I was like oh so that's why you're really organized <laughs> <laughs> and then you start hearing the term next action you're like God damn it. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> that is so the fact that he's been doing this for so long makes me so happy. Yeah, I I mean, it's led me to the person I am today and how I, you know, organize my life today. So I'm very thankful for it. Oh, for sure. I mean, it it led me to calling you uh, for this for this position and claiming because I knew I'm like, well, I know Hannah. Obviously, you'd been an intern here, which we'll talk about later. But thinking, well, I know she is dialed in on GTD and at the very least like that's what I need for somebody in this role because I'm a huge you know GTD are now doing doing a dinner myself mm -hmm. yeah I mean when you called me for it I was like yeah I, f I feel like this makes sense yeah. like I, we speak <laughs> the same language when it comes to getting things done or doing to done so I knew I had the leg up there uh like I said because I've been brainwashed since I was very young <laughs> good job Mike thank you uh, so tell us about your your role, your lame title, your fun title, your flock name, and kind of like your your primary focuses uh, as, as my assistant. Yeah. So uh, lame title is executive fellow to the chief uh, chief octopus here, and then uh, fun title is chief octopus wrangler. That's right. Because uh, I have to wrangle everything for you on a day to day basis. Um, I'm in the guardians flock, um, and they're kind of my vacation home as your assistant. Yeah. But uh, my primary focuses are basically. Anything to anything and everything to make your life easier. So anything from managing your calendar to day to day to following up with a ton of people to make sure stuff's getting done around here uh, and any special projects that you need me to manage. Yeah, was what was really interesting about what you said to me is the idea of you're in Guardians, it's your vacation team because as you know myself and my sister doesn't really have they don't really fit into a traditional team, but. How long was it into the role that we actually were like, no, you need to be on a team with other people? Because it wasn't right away, right? It was not right away. Uh, when I came in, I didn't have a flock for quite a few months. And then I think we kind of realized that like everyone around the office is connecting, but I didn't have a group to connect with. And yeah. obviously like we connect weekly and daily, but um, I think it was a few months in that they, were, that they placed me or you placed me on Ministry of Culture at the time is what the yeah. team was called. And it was just a chance for me to, you know, have some fun connection with other people uh, in the office. Yeah, that wasn't just your boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your day-to-day -day look like? Um, it is different every single day. Sure. Uh, it's a lot of calendar Tetris is what I like to call it. So managing your calendar, taking and scheduling requests from everyone that wants to have a minute to talk with you, um, working on a lot of special projects that I manage, uh, both for like you and then for my role that I'm going to be moving into. And I would say just running around, uh, sometimes like a chicken with my head cut mm -hmm. off, trying to track things down, 
uh, sending out packages for you to different friends, finishing decks, making sure that everything in your life is as organized as possible and uh, meetings are running smoothly. Your day-to-day tasks range from like the tiniest, weirdest things to gigantic scale projects. Yes. It it is quite the gamut. (laughs) Yep. What is the hardest part about your role and what's the funnest part about your role? Um, I think... The hardest part is definitely the uh, the good old tap tap from Steven. Uh, <laughs> you'll come down and I'll be like in the middle of, you know, maybe one of those bigger scale projects and you'll be like, hey, Hannah, tap tap. And little do I know you're going to derail my afternoon uh, by focusing on another project or another deck or something of that sort or tracking down something crazy. Uh, so that's the hardest part yeah. because, you know, it takes you out of a flow of work you might be in. Um but I would also say like it's kind of a double-edged sword because the fun part is like knowing that I'm going to show up and I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do for the day. And I love the challenge. Like I love when you throw things at me and then I have the chance to uh, get out of my comfort zone and be creative. Yeah. What, so on that note, what's the most annoying thing that I do? It, it's got it can't be the tap tap it has to be something or is it a tap tap? No, I don't find that annoying. Yeah. Uh, again, I think I expect it at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I would I would actually find it weird if you didn't tap tap me at least a few times a week asking me to send uh, some slacks on your behalf oh. that <laughs> might not be the uh, the nicest. I'm an Enneagram type nine. So I I hate giving critical feedback and I like to, you know, make sure everyone's happy. Yeah. And when I have to send uh I don't know what you call it, like a Slack grenade, basically, uh, and, you know, deliver bad news or some critical feedback on your behalf. It's kind of annoying. I'm sure. (laughs) For our listeners out there, Hannah and I talk all the time, have one-on-ones, and there's sometimes where I'm like, hey, I need you to email so-and-so and and ask him what the fuck is up with this, because this is not not going well. And I assume you disclaim it. You're like, this is from Steven, not from me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I When I first started, my training wheels was anytime I had to send a Slack like that, I would just put a little octopus emoji. <laughs> so people knew like, oh, I'm sending this on the behalf of Steven. It's not actually coming from Hannah. Yeah, I, mean, I try to do it as much as possible. I actually, I think Loom has dramatically reduced those. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes it makes sense. Like we're talking about a project and you're basically asking me to follow up on something I'm already working on. And so it makes sense for it to come from me, but I definitely think Looms have saved me from some of the harder conversations lately. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) What, you were our first intern. Uh, Maybe explain that experience and then explain how that has benefited you in your current role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So obviously knew you through my dad, which was a great connection for me. And when I was in college, I basically called up Steven one day uh, and asked you like, hey, if you're ever looking for an intern, I would love to help. And you're basically like, I think we can find something for you to do (laughs) knowing like fully knowing that you had no idea what I was going to be doing. Um, and it was such a blast. Uh, the first summer that I interned for Gooder, I focused a lot on customer service. And so I was working with the customer service team on answering tickets, um, and all of that kind of stuff. And then second part of my internship was working with Hansi and Kelly. And I did all kinds of random things like organizing the marketing closet to like, doing research about how we could put on a cereal mile and (laughs) all that kind of crazy stuff. So it was like some random marketing tasks, some customer service, but a whole lot of fun. Was that 2018 and 2019 or 19 and 20? I can't remember. It was 18 and 19. 18 and 19. And then how did that experience, you know, help you in in your role when you joined us, uh, what, April of 2021? 
Yes, yeah. April 2021. Um, I honestly felt like I had like insider spy knowledge when like I came in. Yeah. Um, I already understood bits and pieces of the culture and the culture has obviously grown and changed so much even since the two years that I've been here now. But I had insider knowledge. I knew people already. Like I was yeah. connected to you. I was connected to Hansi. Um, I had previously worked with Kelly, who's a flock star. And so that was extremely beneficial because it was less scary jumping in than I think it is for yeah. other new hires. That makes sense. So tell our listeners, you know, you're you're my assistant now, but tell our listeners like what you'll be moving to after this. I think in April, so you have you're on the clock. You're by the time this episode comes out, you probably won't even be my assistant. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to be the culture gooder lead uh, moving forward, which is extremely exciting. Um, and I will be focusing on the culture gooder vertical and managing that, which includes the podcast um, and helping you produce and run this and helping you and Sean level up the entire experience, planning gooder stocks with Hansi, who currently plans uh, our gooder stock all staff summits and leading things like TWC, our all staff meeting, PDA, message three Pete, these company wide events, and then eventually, hopefully turning culture gooder into a full on vertical. Yeah, for our listeners out there, the podcast started in summer 2020 as just a side project for Sean and I, and then it turned into this larger thing, and then we realized <clears throat> we want to start having our own culture conferences, I'm writing a book on our culture, and throughout this, we realized like, oh man, we need dedicated attention, because it's kind of just been a side hustle for a handful of people here, and so you'll be owning this and driving it moving forward. Yeah, I'm so excited. I Right now, it's still a bit of a side project at the yeah. moment because I'm in my current role, but I'm excited to put intention and thought into how we can continuously level up this podcast and bring it to more listeners because I think it's so extremely valuable. And yeah, I'm just really excited to put on my producer hat and see what we can do. Yeah, I, I, we've talked about one idea you had was, man, it'd be amazing if Every episode when we talk about things we do here, if we could just create a PDF worksheet that people could download and, and things like that, that I think our listeners would absolutely love. Like, here's how you go about doing this type of project. Yeah, absolutely. And it would serve us well too to have those worksheets and things done ahead of this culture conference yeah. that we're hoping to do in 2024 to give people a taste of like what it's like to sit down and do this work here at Gooder and then Hopefully, when we put on this culture conference, uh, we'll be doing it on a larger scale with different workshops and all that kind of stuff. When you first started, we talked about, hey, this position is a two-year position, and we want you to transition out of it. Did you have any concept of what you thought the transition might be at that time? Honestly, no. I had no idea. I would say at the time, my previous job was in the marketing world, and I was like a digital marketing specialist coming out of college. And so... I kind of assumed that I would maybe go that route and work with like the energy herd or the customer herd. Um, and I actually had previously applied for a job at Gooder uh, that I made it to the last round and then didn't end up working out uh, to work on Dan's team at the time. Dan was the head of digital. And so I guess like that's maybe where in my head I thought I might be going. But uh, coming here and spending time with you every day working on the culture, I just felt purpose and what I've been doing. And so I'm so excited to continue doing that culture work. Do you ever throw it in Dan's face that he didn't hire you? Oh, yeah. 
Oh I, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw it in his face next time I see him. Yeah. I've, I've done it quite a few times. Uh, and it's a lot of fun uh, to tease him about it. Cause he's like, you know, I tried really hard. There are just so many good people. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. Like you made a mistake. I, you made a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but uh, yeah, I've definitely thrown it in his face a few times. Tell our listeners about the storytelling workshop and that whole experience. Yeah. Um, the storytelling workshop took place, uh, Last year in 2022, um, it was a six month long process where Stephen taught me and a group of people um, basic storytelling principles and fundamentals. And then we were working towards giving a huge presentation at Gooderstock in September. And September was one of our biggest Gooderstocks. It's a retreat. Uh, we all went away for a few days and it was amazing. It was um, a group of us working towards this one like extremely hard goal. And it's something I don't think any of us had ever done before. And I know I certainly had never given a presentation that big. And the group just bonded and we worked really hard to come up with an amazing presentation where we talked about NASA and how we're going to get to the moon as a company. Um, and really, you know, I had a special position where I got to tee everyone up at the beginning of these presentations um, and then kind of watch everyone create their own stories about NASA and this concept called moon moments. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> to, today it's still one of the favorite things that I've done to, to a point where I'm doing it every trimester now, but teaching a bunch of people here to get on stage and, and speak was incredible. And then sitting in the audience and watching it, what was it like for you on stage standing in you know, front of over a hundred of your colleagues being really dialed and prepared, delivering a talk? It was incredible because I don't think I had ever felt that professional or dialed like in my entire uh, career. I mean, I am, it's the thing I'm most proud of to this day uh, with all of the work that I've done here at Gooder. It's absolutely like my best moment so far. And it was amazing to stand on stage and like know in my head that I knew exactly what I was talking about. And everyone in the audience had no idea what was coming. And I knew the rest of it was going to be as as amazing uh, as well. And everyone else in the group did an incredible job. And to see that all come to fruition was incredible. Yeah, it was next level. Tell our listeners about Moon Moments and that whole concept. Yeah. So Moon Moments is a brief period of time where you stop to appreciate how amazing things really are. And in the gooder world, this is basically when you take a second to slow down uh, because we always talk about how we're on a rocket ship and we're headed to the moon. And so this is like where you take a step back and pause and realize that you're doing something really amazing. Like the work you're doing is amazing. The people you're with are amazing. And uh, that looks different for everyone. Yeah. I remember when uh, you first kind of shared this with me and, and you, your tee up was, you know, we always talk about how we're a rocket ship and we're going to the moon. <clears throat> it's just a fun thing we, we do here, but you go, we have the moon as revenue targets, but nobody actually really on the day to day, nobody's caring about the revenue targets. And how do we actually create a thing that, that matters to people? What does the moon look like? Like what, it, what would it be like to actually like put your foot, the, your feet on the moon and like, like feel that. And and this thing that you created of, hey, moon moments are everywhere. And and you grounded people in like some of the examples. What were some of the examples you shared? Because I think it's really important for everybody to understand that at the end of the day, we work nine to five. We work hard every day. And if you stop and think about the things you really remember, it's they're quite different in, in, in many cases. So yeah, what were some of the ones you shared? 
Yeah, um, I'll give a few examples. So uh, one that I shared was doing Pitchapalooza uh, with Carla, who's one of my coworkers and one of my really close friends. Pitchapalooza is where you get a chance to go up on stage in front of everyone at TWC and pitch an idea you have for sunglasses. And Carla and I got to work on this pitch together about like an office themed um, like rat race yeah. sunglass launch. It was so hilarious. And we just had so much fun doing that together and like brainstorming and being creative just like we were kids again and like just, you know, painting with the wind and seeing what would come up. And that was a ton of fun for me because rarely do you get a chance in a normal office setting to be that creative and yeah. uh, like you're a child again and with a really close friend. So that was definitely one of them. Another one was my one year gooder anniversary dinner that I did with my onboarding class, Jared, Karen and Carla. We went to Felix on Abbot Kinney, which is a super bougie Italian restaurant. Um, and we just reminisced on the past year, like at Gooder and in life, we are all extremely close. Um, as an onboarding class, we started together and now we've all been here almost two years. And so that was incredibly special uh, to sit there at dinner and do that with them and talk about, you know, everything and anything. Yeah. And then also dancing with... Every single Swifty uh, at Gooderstock to the Taylor Swift songs that are played, we have the best DJ that comes to our Gooderstocks, and he knows we all love Taylor Swift, and so he'll play extra songs for us. And I remember like going to a Gooderstock last year. It was in our parking lot here at the Lagoon. We're all dressed in like crazy crazy '80s outfits. And uh, I think like You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift comes on and everyone is just screaming it at the top <laughs> of their lungs. And I'm like getting teary eyed because it was such a special moment. And it's so incredible to be able to embrace something like I care about so much uh, here with a group of people at Gooder. I give our listeners one more time what a moon mo- a mo- the definition of a moon moment. Yes. A uh, moon moment is a brief period of time where you stop to appreciate how amazing things really are. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really, uh, really cool. The Taylor Swift thing, were you, it feels like you maybe, they were, they were clearly Taylor Swift fans here before you, but you have brought it out of people. Like, do, are you the president of the fan club here? It feels like you have to be. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know what the, the Taylor Swift level of excitement was before <laughs> I got here. Uh, because like, for example, my coworker Elena is, the same level of Taylor Swift fan as me, if not higher, like she is a huge Taylor Swift fan as well. Um, so I think maybe I was just able to bring a group together and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. <laughs> so I will bring Taylor Swift up in any conversation I can. Uh, but as we've grown, we've hired a lot of people since I started. And I think we've just weirdly hired a lot more Taylor Swift fans, which I love. <laughs> the, the I think the moment people realized how much pull you had around here was during the, when the Taylor Swift tickets went on sale last summer for her upcoming tour. They were going on sale on a Tuesday during our all staff meeting, and you can't have phones in there, you can't have computers, you are dialed in. And I sent a I, I think a, a loom or a Slack out that was like been brought to my attention that the Taylor Swift tickets go on sale during TWC. So for this one time and one time only. You can have your computer open. You can sit in the back of the room to buy Taylor Swift tickets. And I think Mike called out, who I did not realize how much pull uh, Hannah had until that happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be up there. Like, after Moon Moments might be one of my uh, my proudest moments here. I got that I got that to happen. Because we were all freaking out. We were like, how are we going to get these tickets? And I was like, 
let me talk to Steven, see yeah. what I can do. We have a, a Team Swifties uh, Slack channel to I'm make sure. sure I'm sure yeah, you do. We update each other. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Culture Gooder podcast. What, what does culture mean to you, especially in the context of the workplace? Like, how do you define culture? Yeah, um, I was a communication studies major in college. So my, I feel like my definition of culture has like come from that background. Um, for me, culture is a collective shared uh, experiences, beliefs, and values uh, determined by like behaviors from a set group of people. And I think that manifests in so many different ways. Like there's a Swifty culture, there's a Swifty at Gooder culture, there's a Gooder culture. Um, and that's all because of like the shared beliefs and experiences that we have. Yeah. What do you think the three, uh, characteristics are of the common characteristics of people who thrive at good or like, like, like what, what do they all share? Yeah. Um, I think one characteristic for sure is curiosity. Mm -hmm. Um, I am always amazed to see how curious people are on day-to-day setting, even when we're having conversations with each other and there might be like friction between two people, but everyone always approaches conversations with curiosity. Um, Another one is transparency. That's huge here at Gooder. And I love how transparent everyone is about what they're doing on their day-to-day because it makes everyone's jobs easier. And then just how hardworking everyone is. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I've learned so much from so many of my coworkers um, that I didn't at previous jobs. And it's incredible to see how much people care about the work that they do. Oh, I love that. Transparency, curiosity, and uh, hard work. Yep. Hard work is for sure real, but people here grind. Yeah, absolutely. We value feedback here at Gooder. So give me some feedback of something I can do better. Great. Um, I, we give each other feedback every week, <laughs> so uh, this is actually easier than I would expect yeah. to come up with something. Um, a lot of the times, I think you still uh, get in the weeds uh, yeah. when it comes to different projects and initiatives, and so I would love to see you uh, challenge people to be more map makers here and uh, challenge them to take on projects and for you to let go, paint things done, and then let other people thrive and grow. Oh, you are 100% right. I have a huge problem with staying out of the weeds. It's for sure something I'm I'm mindful of. It feels like as you're onboarding your, your replacement, Tatiana, we need to figure out some type of just code word that is, hey, you are in the weeds, get the fuck out. And maybe that's just what, it, maybe that's just what, what is said. You're in the weeds, get the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, that works for me. <laughs> I think, I think uh, it's going to be really important for her in her role uh, to make sure that she's saving you from yourself, as you always say. Yeah. So we absolutely need that code word. <laughs> I mean, going a, a little off script here, we were talking the other day about different body languages and tics I do. G- give us, give us some that, w- like, 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 like that the you experience. Like, oh, okay, that's that's happening. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, the bi- the biggest one that I think everyone notices is like when you put your hands <laughs> in your eyes yeah. and. It can go one of two ways. It's either you're thinking really hard about something and you're about to like pull some amazing shit from wherever to like solve a problem or you're really disappointed and people <laughs> should be concerned. Um, so it goes both ways. Um, I would say another one that you do is like you'll be sitting and taking notes, whether it's at TWC or PDA or something. And you'll start tapping your pen and then I do not you'll know about write this one. something down and then you'll just like nod. And I know that you're taking note of something that you're going to be furious about later. 
<laughs> and in that moment, I'm like, okay, like, I'm not really sure where that's going to go, but like, it's clearly like a, oh, huh, that's interesting that that person said that or did that hmm. thing. Like, hmm, like noting, noting for later for the loom I'm going to send. <laughs> oh, man. We need to do a video of my body language and then correlate that to the notes and see what's going on. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that that would be hilarious. And TWC <laughs> is the is the perfect the time perfect to do one. that. <laughs> We're also warning, like, hey, if he does uh, uh, magic hands, like, things are good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The magic <laughs> hands are great. <laughs> If if I could wave a magic wand and change one thing a gooder, like what would it be? Man, I mean, there. I feel like there's some obvious ones with our like office and different things right yeah. now. I personally would love a nap room. Oh yeah. I I interned when we were back in the hangar and we had nap room with like a giant beanbag and everything. Uh, so magic wand, I would love that back. And I was I would also love for Ben's dog uh, Bodie to be here at all times. Oh, we can get a hold of the breeder and see if we can just get a. Just get a a, a gooder Bodie. Yeah, a golden that just like runs around yeah. the office at all times would be fantastic. Oh, I miss, <laughs> I miss, I, miss, I do miss Sweet Pea a lot. How how have you challenged the status quo lately? Uh, let's see. I think probably with the work that me and you did uh, recently on switching to trimesters. Oh yeah, I'm really proud of how that turned out. We. We were in the quarter system last year, and then we decided, like, hey, we are getting bogged down with all of these things that everyone has to do every single quarter, and we're at a place where we don't need to do that anymore. Everyone's extremely autonomous here, so let's switch to trimesters and give people time and space back. But the work that it took to get there was a lot, yeah. and it was a really fun puzzle that we had to work through, and I'm really proud of what we did there because I think other companies could learn how to do the same thing and, you know, be more intentional about the space that they create for their employees to do great work. Yeah, we, when you first start anything, quarterly reviews, our quarterly planning meetings, I do believe it's really important that you need to gain, like, really, you need to do it constantly, right? You need to build a habit and, or you need to create a habit. And we looked up by last summer and realized, man, everybody is, like, really dialed here and going, doing the exercise, we pulled out, was it 29 days of like focus, good or active, focus, good or meetings? Yes. Yeah. Took out all of that out of the calendar completely for everyone, especially for leadership here at Gutter so that they have more time and space to do deep work and problem solving. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I remember presenting that at PDA or quarterly uh, alignment meeting and I probably presented it five or 10 minutes and it was incredible. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, Hannah did 70 hours worth of work for this five minutes. And it, it's profoundly changed. I think it's like done, been one of the most impactful things from last year that's, that, that's moving forward. Yeah, I think so too. And excited because in my new role, that's something that my flock guardians own. So I get to tackle the same project again uh, next trimester to focus on 2024. Oh, that's awesome. Tell me about a recent fuck up and how you owned it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll do little fuck ups all the time for <laughs> sure. Uh, one recently that kind of fucked up a few people's worlds where I assigned the wrong dates in a sauna uh, to get an episode transcription done for this podcast. Yeah. And because of that, our copy team didn't have what they needed to write the copy about the podcast episode and what it was going to be about. And so social couldn't create those assets that they needed or uh, design couldn't create the assets they needed for the social team. And it's kind of a domino effect there with the asset checklist. So 
that was definitely a big fuck up. I owned it in Carl's flock ups and hopefully that will never happen again. <laughs> yep. I mean, it happens to the best of us. What project excites you the most right now at Gooder? Um, probably leveling up TWC, uh, our all staff meeting. I think we have put in so much work for that meeting yeah. uh, to get it to where it is today, but there's a serious level up that I still think can happen within the next few months. And so once I'm fully in my new role, I'm excited to dedicate time to figuring out how we can level up that entire experience and make it easier for everyone. Yeah, we, this is recording this during an onboarding week, and I just did a Q&A with all the 14 new hires, and mo- a majority of them, their favorite moment was TWC, and they were just starry-eyed about how amazing it was, and the fact that it's incredible, and you're telling me it's going to be a focus <laughs> to get better is why Gooder is the way it is. Yeah, I, I'm i so excited to work on the project. There are just so many things that we can continuously improve, and it's a cornerstone of our culture, so I'm excited to be working on it. All right, last question, Hannah. What's What are you most proud of at your time here at Gooder? Uh, definitely my Gooder Stock Talk and creating Moon Moments. It was an incredible experience to roll that out, that concept out for everyone, and then at the end of that day, after everyone gave their presentations, every single speaker talked about their own moon moment. And then we opened up the floor for everyone or anyone here at Gooder to share their own moon moment. And hearing all of the stories of moon moments from other people was incredible. Oh, I agree. That Gooder Stock talk is on like the Mount Rushmore, like uh, favorite moments for me here at Gooder. Yeah, yeah, me too. Awesome. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Steven. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening to the Culture Gooder podcast. To submit questions for the podcast, learn more about our culture, and learn how you can status the quote challenge, head over to gooder.com slash culture. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening, including on YouTube, where you can now watch all of our new episodes. Who knows? You might even catch a glimpse of Carl at our headquarters if he's not already passed out at the tiki bar from all the margaritas.